BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to the media series from Wolves Fancast. This is episode 6, Twitter. Now, Twitter, like many social media platforms, have come around in the last decade and have almost become integral in our daily lives. But what is it about Twitter and sport that seems to fit so well and how is it that it does so well with fan experiences, journalism and breaking news? David Wildey is Director of Planning at Twitter UK and we had a chat about these subjects and more. Usually when we talk to people on these episodes we talk about their careers going into their world and why they wanted to go into that world. Now social media really probably has only come around in the last decade so I kind of don't get the feeling that when <laughs> you were a child you thought I want to go work for a social media platform. No. So how did coming to Twitter work come about for yourself? So my background, before I worked for Twitter, I was a media planner. I worked in media agencies, which is, media is like the hidden bit of advertising. It's the bit no one really thinks about. So you see an ad on a bus, you don't really think about how it got there. Uh, But there's a load of people who do that, media planners. And I worked um, as a media planner for, well, ever since I left uni. Um, So I went to uni up in Liverpool, um, moved to London, got a job in a media agency, and I worked for three different media agencies. Um, And in that respect, you know, unrelated to Twitter, but Twitter was something that was obviously, as I moved uh, further into my career, became Mm. this new thing. And I just thought it was a really interesting way to communicate, you know, for for anybody to communicate. It was just sort of unheard of, untapped thing. So I was always really, really interested in it. Um, and the other thing that I'm blessed with, still blessed with, is like a dog of a commute. So I have like a <laughs> okay. hour and a half train journey into London. Every right. Day. Okay. Um, and that kind of gives you a lot of time to you know see what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I just found that Twitter was was a really good way of of you know knowing what was going on. Um, so I've been on Twitter myself for about sort of ten, eleven years. Mm. Um, slightly addicted to it, to be honest with you. Um, as we all are. Yes, we all as are. We yeah. all are yeah. um, and so I was fortunate enough to to get a job at Twitter. Uh, yeah, four years four years ago. Yeah, um, and it was really about trying to think about how best to communicate with Twitter. Really, is it one of those things when you're on your commute, you obviously see people on their phones, and you must see people on Twitter. 
is it a bit of a weird thing that you think, hang on, I work for the thing that is what they're using? Uh, yeah, sometimes you get those moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you, I kind of get that. Yeah, you see people. I, I call it like the Twitter smile. Right, they're kind of okay. smiling at their phones, and you kind of think, I bet they're on Twitter. Um, so yeah, it is. It does sort of occasionally grab you that yeah, you know, oh, I work for Twitter. It's great. Um, but but yeah, in the in the May, I kind of get that little mini leap of joy when you see yeah. someone on it. Yeah. Is it right? I was just doing, obviously doing a bit of research for uh, talk. Is it right that the Twitter bird is actually called Larry the Bird? Is that right? <laughs> it was originally. Okay. So Larry was the first bird. Um, um, so originally, uh, so Twitter started two thousand and six. Yeah. Basically, it was a, a hack project. So the guys who started Twitter um, actually worked for another company who did podcasts, um, so, and they uh, did a Hack Week project. Came up with Twitter, um, and it was you know just a little thing they were playing around with. Yeah. And since then, obviously, lots and lots of evolution of Twitter. Yeah. But the logo's changed a lot. And yeah, there's Larry was the first bird. He's not called Larry anymore. It's just called <sighs> the Bird. Oh, so yeah, sorry about that. Bring back Larry. That's what yes. I say. <laughs> um, with with you know Twitter and sports yep. seem to be so interwoven at the moment, um, and from my looking at it from from my point of view, it seems to be really maybe the last three or five years where that relationship between maybe clubs and media outlets and broadcasters with Twitter seems to have exploded, as it were. Was there a moment at Twitter yourself where people just thought, "Hang on a second. Hmm. Some, something's catching on here. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't work at Twitter at the time, but certainly in terms of being aware and being around that world of, oh, okay, there's something big here. Mm. I think back to uh, 2012 and the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and if you remember like, the opening ceremony and what, you know, what an amazing night oh, yeah. and all that ridiculous stuff going on and Queen jumping out of planes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and Twitter was just yeah on fire. It was this, this place where you'd all sort of, yeah, it's live, we're all watching it together. It's a great place to just chat about yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And then later on, it might even been earlier on that summer during Euro 2012, which was a sort of non-memorable tournament. But I remember that um, Twitter started using these these hash flags that were called at the time. Okay. You put hashtag ENG and you'd get the England flag. Up. Ah, so like okay. early yeah, yeah, stage yeah. emojis, yeah. basically. Um, and people just lost their minds over these little <laughs> things. Um, and again, it's just a great way of enjoying that sort of live, yeah. live experience of everybody else. So I think there's probably, from a sport perspective in the UK, uh, the breakthrough. More broadly, I think if you ask people in the US... Um, there was a, a plane that landed in the Hudson River in yes, New York. Yes, I remember, remember that. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that was a moment where people realised the power of Twitter because people mm. were literally taking photos going, there's a plane just landed in the Hudson. And Twitter was getting the story before, you know, traditional news and traditional mm. news started to report, you know, the tweets and that kind of stuff. So I think that was probably the moment. Cause I remember the, the World Cup in 2014. Yeah. That's when it kind of, for me, I just thought, this is really taking off now. People are really embracing it. And it seems to be that... Especially maybe kind of media outlets, um, it's become such a, a prominence uh, with them. Was there ever a, have you have you seen that through through Twitter that obviously more outlets are kind of seem to be jumping on board as it were and thinking right, using Twitter as a news source is is key is big for us now. Yeah, it's a great way to communicate, you know, directly with your audience, where that might be. Obviously, in sport, it's typically your fan base, um, and it's something that people are obviously very passionate about mm. sports one of those things that naturally inspires people to 
want to get involved and want to share. And obviously Twitter is a, gr- a great yeah. way to do that. Um, so I would say probably what I've seen in the last few years is, is sports companies, media brands, whatever, they've almost like matured in the way that they think about Twitter. Yeah. Um, initially with anything, you just sort of try something and, and you know, let's see what works and what happens. Yeah. Um, but in the let's last... forget about the things that don't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think what people have realized is that actually they, they're using Twitter in slightly different ways now to, mm. to different channels. Obviously there are other social media platforms they can use, but working out what's good on Twitter, which is typically telling people what's happening with yeah. you, giving people access to stuff that they couldn't necessarily have access to before and just building that community, building yeah. those relationships with their fans. And it seems to be a real kind of second screen experience. You know, you can be watching the game, be on your phone, yeah. seeing what other results are. Yes. Is that, I guess is that something that you've kind of seen more it's, and more of? It's definitely that live experience, yeah, yeah. That's kind of second screen, not just with sport, but yeah, with all with all telly, actually. Of an evening, telly is typically the thing that people talk about <laughs> on Twitter because it's something <laughs> yeah. we're all doing together. Um, so definitely second screen for sport. But I think as well, it's increasingly, I think from my own experience, can be the first screen as well. Um, if you're a you know a remote fan in particular and you can't get to the game, then actually Twitter is a brilliant way of getting as close as you can to yeah, that yeah. fan experience. So you're kind of getting score updates as soon as they happen. You're getting you know tweets from journalists telling you what's going on. You're getting fan reactions, that kind of stuff. So it can be b- both, I think. So I think we were talking about it before we started recording, because obviously you live in London, but yeah. you're also a Wolves fan, which yes. is quite apt for this podcast yeah. <laughs> as well. But you kind of talked about how it kind of helps that connection being away yes. from your team but you feel like in that moment when there's a game going on yeah you're you're right there exactly uh, yes it would be sensible for me to live in london because i work there but i don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> i live on the south coast hence the monster commute uh but yeah there's a long way from where i live to wolverhampton and uh i've never lived um in wolverhampton yeah. but it's you know wolverhampton wanderers is firmly my team and i think back to how i used to follow the wolves you know before there was Twitter. And if you were lucky, you might be a featured game on Five Live. <laughs> Didn't show me age. Uh, yeah, you maybe watch Sky Sports News and hope for you know a goal to come up or whatever. Um, but there wasn't really a, a sense, and you know, unless you kind of waited for the website to upload on a Monday of, of how they played or how they got yeah. on. Now you kind of you know you can instantly get a sense of what's going on during mm. a match. You know, you can see. I remember the game. There was a game. So for any non-Wolves fans listening, uh, there's a game we played at home to Spurs this season yeah. and, and we had a goal disallowed incorrectly because mm. um, uh, Doherty was, was seen to yeah. be offside. Yeah. Um, and Tim Spears, you know, was in the expressing style, was at the match and he actually tweeted it out to ask people watching on telly whether it was offside or not, yeah. which is fascinating, isn't it? You've yeah. you got somebody out the game asking people who's not through Twitter what's going on. Um, so it, it's a brilliant way to connect with wherever you are in the world. I think that, that, that sense that it's the closest thing you can get to being in the stadium mm. without being there. Do you think it's become almost its own media outlet now? That you know, It's got to be part of people's strategies so much, if that makes sense? Yes. It, almost like if you're not on it you're out the loop does that make <laughs> yeah sense? I think if you're not on it you, you're missing an opportunity yeah. um, and obviously I work for Twitter so I would say that <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, <laughs> even if I didn't I genuinely think yeah. that's the case the interesting thing about Twitter is that it does reflect what's going on in other media as well so it's kind of integrated into everything else so what happens on TV happens on Twitter what happens yeah, yeah, in yeah. newspapers and vice and actually vice versa what happens on t- on Twitter becomes content for other media channels um so we would always say think about what you're doing on twitter 
um, in terms of your Twitter strategy, but actually make sure it's integrated with everything else, mm. else that you're doing as well. It seems to be, if, if we focus back onto football teams now, or any kind of sports teams in general, it seems to be, Twitter seems to have given teams an opportunity to kind of show behind the scenes and show almost a different sense of who they are using. You know, the only thing you would ever see for a team is on a Saturday, three o'clock, yeah. see the players, maybe a couple of interviews in the press, in the papers, that was it. Now, Twitter seems to offer this opportunity now where teams have to think, right, what else can we offer? Yeah. Not just to kind of feel the, the 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 need for that channel, the hunger for that channel, but also it, I, I guess it gives people a, diff, a sense of more behind-the-scenes stuff and more opportunity to see what's going on. Totally, yeah. It, it, that ability to give people access is a really powerful thing. You know, if... if you, you can suddenly get behind the scenes at your football club or hear directly from a player who you've you know idolised and not necessarily had the opportunity to hear from before. You know, you see when, for example, players send reactions to the match. It's just happened. The response they get from, yeah. from the fans, you know, it's a really powerful thing. And I think it has that opportunity to bring clubs and players sort of closer together yeah. to the fans than they've probably ever done. And I think it's almost going way back because if you think about I mean I wasn't born then but back you know, when my dad started going to to Wolves you know the players would travel on the bus with the with the team um, <laughs> because you know they live next door to each yeah. other and that kind of stuff um, and there's that kind of great level and in a way you know obviously that doesn't happen now given everything you know, with the kind of finances of football but you on Twitter you've got this opportunity to literally have these kind of conversations that you wouldn't otherwise yeah. be able to have. And do you think it, I think we, we you know we spoke to Tim Spears as part of this series, and we, we talked about how social media, especially with Twitter, seems to have changed the game a bit for journalists yeah. in particular. Um, it, again, it, it's going back on this thing of you've got to be in the loop, as it were. You've got to be on it to be in the loop. Yeah. But do you think it's changed it a bit in terms of not just journalists, perhaps in sport, but in in news in general, that it's such a news avenue, and you can get so much. I mean. in you kind of get the feeling sometimes that you kind of get breaking news on Twitter before you get on TV. Is yeah. that as have you have we is Twitter kind of seen that thing of it's such a, a a powerful thing for journalists to use? Yeah, I mean, almost everything breaks first on Twitter um, is the truth of it, and that's partly because the people who use it are just so interested in what's hungry, you know, what's going on in the world. Yeah. They're hungry to know. Um, journalists really spend a huge amount of time on Twitter. Um, and outside of sport, you look at something like Brexit at the moment, and there's just so much stuff yeah. if you can bear to look uh, with, with journalists <laughs> yeah. analysing um, what's going on. So I think the, the implications are that suddenly the rush to be first um, is almost now not a battle you want to be in as a journalist because yeah, the chances are, yeah, even if you are first, it will just be out there really, really quickly. Yeah. So you then got to think, well, what, actually, what am I? What am I doing? What am I adding? Um, to either you know the news or the first takes on the news, you know, yeah. and I think that's probably expertise. I think that's um, or analysis or perhaps a, you, know, you know something about a situation, some context that you know, other people don't. So I think it's almost like journalists become rather than breakers of news, they become um, analysts in terms yeah. of what's happening and what's going on. And is that is that helping in terms of trying to differentiate yourself in that world? Because obviously a lot of people in that world, but to try and maybe stand out, is it more perhaps trying to go towards the analysis and the news rather than being part of the the herd, being the one that stands out, yeah, if that makes sense? I think so. I mean, people have everyone has a, their own different style, clearly. Um, and you've got to do what's the right thing right thing for you mm. you know if everybody was just doing analysis then it might become a bit same <laughs> yeah. you know? um so i think it's it's really 
whatever works best for you. And actually, you think about a lot of sports journalists, they're doing both. So they are sort of telling you what's happened, there's been a goal. But yeah. then they'll follow up with a piece, you know, 24 hours later yeah. with a, a different angle on things. So in a way, that's not nothing that new in terms of, you know, it used to be like the pink in the Saturday night was the get, get, get out what happened <laughs> yeah. and then the Sunday and Monday more reflection. But I think Twitter's probably sort of sped that process up a little bit. And what going back perhaps to, to teams or to matters, what makes a good... Twitter account then is it the personality is it the content you bring yeah. is there even a a DNA in terms of making the account because you can't I find yeah. I find in years that the ones the accounts you perhaps don't expect to be successful yeah are and then vice versa is there any kind of tips or anything for in terms of good accounts what, what would... <laughs> well I've got my favorites okay, I can tell yeah. you the ones I like to okay. um so from a football perspective um, I like the the funny accounts. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of uh, crap nineties football. Yeah, yeah, uh, a good one. Celebrity refs. Yeah, have you seen that? It's brilliant. Um, have you seen the mascot one as well? The yeah, yeah just saw that recently. Yeah. The yeah. old uh, minute silent mascot, yeah. tremendous. And Desmond Tutu. Do you follow that one? Yes. Oh, what yes. Accounts. <laughs> What an account. Gets excited at 2-2 draws. Yes. Um, so obviously they're just funny and, and you know, sport and should be funny, funny and entertaining. Um, if you think about kind of analysts, you know, the ones I like are the ones who are just bringing in something either an authority or some of their personality to it as well. So people like sort of Gary Lineker, Henry Winter, hmm. Jackie Oatley, they're all really good at sort of, you know, giving you a sense of access into what's going on behind the scenes mm. or being quite quick with, um, you know, some analysis and what have you. I think they're all really good, very authoritative. I think the best clubs are the ones that um, just tonally get it right. They, yeah. they, yeah, it feels like they're run by fans yeah. who understand, you know, um, that relationship mm. and, and get as excited as the fans do when good things happen. Um, and you can kind of tell, can't you, the ones that, you know, are better than others yeah. again we're blessed I think that you know I think Wolves Twitter genuinely yeah. is a brilliant thing in well, terms d- of the club I mean it, it seems to you know statistically throughout this thing, when we're recording you know yeah. um it seems to be top of a lot of charts in yeah. terms of fan engagement. That, and, yeah. and that's not just saying that from a bias point of view. No, no. That they do seem to that's nail right. it on the head pretty well. And I think they did, a, a, I mean, it's almost forgotten now, but you don't think when we were going through the bleak period with, you know, League One and what have mm. you, they were getting it right then, you know, tonally. They were really doing a lot for that relationship with the club. Um, again, we have very good, um, you know, journalists who, you know, Wolves fans and giving analysis on... on um, on Wolves as well on Twitter, some excellent fan communities, <laughs> fan cast, I yeah, think, yeah. excellent one. Um, <laughs> but no, genuinely, and, and as I say, for someone who doesn't live in Wolverhampton, that ability to really get a sense of you know, what's going on at the club mm. and, and the, the people behind it is really, really powerful. Because I guess getting that tone right yeah. can be a challenge as well. I remember we had um, Paul Berry on here, he used to be the head of yeah. uh, Media at Wolves for one of our earlier episodes, and he talked about with social media back in those League One days. Yeah. I remember him saying there were times where they had to just leave Twitter for two or three days because yeah. it was almost like if they'd said something, they'd just throwing throwing a grenade off. Sure. And I guess that that can transpire into not just football, but to any sport or any kind of news where yeah. perhaps you've got to know the right time to make the joke, make the but right time to be serious. Timing, yes, yes. yeah. So um, do you see that um, on the weekend, West Ham went out the um, FA Cup yes. versus Wimbledon, yeah. and they tweeted nine forty. Oh yeah, we. Wimbledon progress and at 9.45 it's like an Altovich is just signing a new contract you know, like, lads really? 
um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was an interesting sort of strategy from a PR perspective. Yeah, it's tone, it's timing, it's just common sense. Really. Yeah, I think it's knowing what are you trying to achieve with your mm. account. Obviously, different accounts trying to achieve different things. As long as you've got a very clear strategy mm. and the reason why you're doing something, and I think that extends to knowing what's the right content to put on Twitter yeah. versus other platforms. Um, you know, humor tends to work well. Yeah. giving people access to stuff they couldn't otherwise have seen. Um, short content generally works pretty well. I mean, there's obviously exceptions to that. Yeah. Um, so these are the kind of things to think about. It just seems to be, a, and it's kind of going off topic in terms of sport, but it seems to be a place where kind of good news stories happen. You kind of have this arena where you can discover stories and connect people together yeah. that you wouldn't have noticed. An example we've we've actually had previously is a, a Wolves fan who had, I think it was, it was his nephew who, who yeah. wasn't very well, he was a Manchester United fan, yeah. and through um, through Twitter was able to connect with different people and Man United actually got Jesse Lingard to yeah. do a video to send to him. Yeah. Now usually in in other formats that, that opportunity perhaps would never happen yeah. or it'd be very unlikely to be able to make that connection and get you know, you know, such a player of a high calibre to then send a message publicly back to that person. And it must it must put a smile on your face a lot of times. Yeah. Not just in that example, but a lot of examples you see yeah. of how you, Twitter can make those connections. Completely. And people are incredible, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll go on and talk about, you know, well, they're not always incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the amount of times that, that, you know, people go out their way to help people they don't know just or yeah, off an opinion or to you know, you know help you know, to find somebody or whatever it might be. It's remarkable. People you know, are, are doing that all the time. We have a thing in our office every Friday called Twitter Stories, okay. and it's just like an end of a week thing where we talk about someone who's done something remarkable on Twitter uh, that week. And you know, every week we have you know several stories we can kind of pick from. So it really is yeah, very very heartwarming, and and people just do some incredible stuff on Twitter, yeah. And back on to sport, am I right in thinking that um, Manchester United didn't have a Twitter account for, for years? <laughs> yeah, they're one of the last ones, yeah, yeah. One of the latest ones. And did they work with, I might imagine, did they work with Twitter directly to try and help them set yeah, that up? Yeah, we, we have a team who, we, we had a team and, and we have a slightly different team now, a slightly different role, but basically, yeah, to help uh, yeah, organisations like that to get the best out of Twitter. Obviously, they're much more high profile than yeah. The, yeah. The, the typical sort of Twitter user. But yeah, explaining to them the benefits um, and helping them to get up to speed pretty quickly. And I get the sense of Twitter um, that kind of like YouTube, in a sense, it's given a platform to ordinary people yeah. to, to rise above and be more prominent, I would say. Yeah. As again, is that something you've seen more over the last few years in Twitter that you've seen? I don't want to say celebrity because I don't think it's the right word. But <laughs> do you see, you see, you know, ordinary people who are becoming influencers as in their, it were. within their communities, within yeah. the things that. Yeah, I think it can be a leveler in that if you've got a particular um, angle on something, if you've got something interesting to say, um, you know, whether that's uh, you know, an entertaining angle on things or you just know about stuff. You don't need, you know, a conventional media organisation behind you anymore. You can just go on Twitter and tweet it. And that's that kind of conversational element. So people will then vote with their feet. One of the things I like about Twitter is you don't have to follow anybody mm. that you don't want to follow. Yeah. You know, you can just, you know, there's, there's no real kind of social lock-in. If someone's tweeting stuff you don't particularly find interesting just unfollow them um and you know but that, i think people forget that though yeah which i think, I think so. it's strange yeah there's a because it's seen as kind of social media there's lots yeah. of things you can do on twitter uh to really just tailor that experience mm. um 
to you. It seems to be a place as well where you can connect with the people that you never thought you'd be able to connect with yeah. at all. Um, so look, you know, from a, a, a Boys Fancast point of view, the whole thing we had with Mark Hamill oh, yes. a couple of years <laughs> is one. Um, it just seems, you know, again, have you found that with Twitter where all of a sudden you'll just see this random story appear where, I mean, I think there was a story the other day of recording where uh, Billy Sharp, the Sheffield United player, did the, uh, a, a, a mock kind of wrestling celebration. Oh, yes. Um, and obviously that, that wrestler Mick Foley then yeah. talked about it and it was trending as well. It just—it's it, very odd that all of a sudden you can connect with these celebrities who, in a million years, you've probably never talked yeah. to, yeah. Um, and then you can be part of that community. It yeah. must be again, it must be a very pleasing thing to see, yeah, but also brilliant. an odd thing to see at the same time. Yeah, it is odd. Um, you mean Mark Hamill, the Wolves fan? Obviously. Of course, of yeah, course, yeah, 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 of course. Um, yeah. So yeah, so um, there's a lovely example. One of the ones I liked. Um, there was a. a Portsmouth centre half called um, Christian Burgess, yeah, and he tweeted that his match had been postponed. They're supposed mm. to play, I think it was Crawley away, and it was frozen off. Yeah. And he tweeted, "I've got nothing. You know, what do I do?" And uh, a fellow who um, coached an under twelves team in one of the local parks said, "Well, come down here. You can help me train the boys." And he went, okay, where is it? And he goes, I'll be down in five minutes. And he thought it was like a joke. Yeah. And he literally then just turned up on the back of a tweet <laughs> okay, and okay. coached the you know the under twelves for you know an hour. It's like the Pompey captain, and they were like, oh, this is incredible. <laughs> um, there was a, a guy, um, Steph Curry, the basketball player. Yes, yeah. Um, and um, in the US, there's a nine year old girl called uh, Lily, I think she's called, mm. and she sent a, a letter to him. Her dad tweeted it out. Because um, she wanted to buy some basketball shoes, mm. and they didn't do girls' uh, shoes yeah. in her. Yeah, you know, there's only boys' yeah. shoes, and she's like, "Yeah, well, this is a bit wrong. You know, can I, I'm a big fan of yours. Why can't I buy your shoes?" Mm. And he got Under Armour to make girl shoes wow. as a result okay. of that, and then had a conversation with her, and I think ended up meeting and all that kind of stuff. So it's incredible. You know, it really is that you can you can do that. There's one again. I could. Talk about this all day, but do you remember last week or I think it was a couple of weeks ago um, when the Manchester United team were on the train down to London? The the Pogba story. Yes, yes the Pogba story. They were all playing story. Uno yeah. on the train, and there was a couple of old uh, people in their in their carriage who um, didn't we know we didn't know them at all. They're mm. not football fans, but their son is a massive uh, yeah. football commentator in Australia. Um, so they were, you know, WhatsApping each or they WhatsApp their son to say, do you know who, the, or, who you know, these people are and mm. what have you? And he was going, it's Manchester United. <laughs> um, so Pogba, <laughs> you know, posed for photos with them, even though they didn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he said, do you want a photo? They handed him the camera because they thought it was, he, he was just going to take a photo of the two of them. Yeah. Um, and then that conversation carried on on Twitter because um, the guy tweeted out about this incredible thing. Yeah. And Pogba replied. Uh, oh, I've loved meeting your parents. <laughs> Make sure you say hi to them. But that made that made the, the loads of new yeah, stories. It does, and it just shows you one little act in those, in those instances yeah. can just bloom into something. That's right. It's incredible. I think it's serendipity. People like that kind of you know good news story, particularly in times that you know quite you know tough and you know for, for a lot of people. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's like life is full of light and shade, isn't it? Mm. Um, and there's so much kind of you know really amazing things that happen when you put people together mm. on this on this really it can feel occasionally random platform yeah, yeah. um and kind of see what happens and i have i think i'd have to go on to the shade yeah because <laughs> you know there would be people out there who aren't obviously a fan of social media yeah. 
perhaps aren't a fan of Twitter. And obviously there's a lot of um, concern in general society at the moment in terms yeah. of how people view social media, how mm-hmm. people use it. People see it, can see it as... And you can, we can see examples of people being bullied or mm-hmm. abused or harassed. And I know you touched on there in terms of that there are things that people can do to kind of take themselves out of yeah. that world. Um, but... Obviously, I'm you know that obviously that is an area which a lot of platforms are looking to address. But it must yeah. be a concern though that when you see things like that happening, yeah. But there is a way for people to kind of put that themselves out of the situation. There is. There, there are some uh, lots of ways that you can kind of control your experience on Twitter. And but I think before we go on to those, you're absolutely right. The, the shade, as as we described it, mm. is comfortably you know the worst thing about Twitter and the biggest thing that we are looking to solve as a, as a company. But it's also important to say that actually it's we are reducing it. Mm. Um, you know, we've put a lot of effort into it in the last eighteen months, mm. and the vast majority of people don't experience anything negative themselves yeah. on Twitter whatsoever. But of course, some people do, um, and that's you know, as I say, the, the thing that we're we're trying to solve. In the meantime, there are a huge number of things you can do to basically control your mm. experience on Twitter. So it's a bit like. Um, kind of being in a pub or right, okay. uh, where you can see a lot of different people having lots of different conversations you kind of have to choose where to sit mm. so um yeah I'll explain what i mean a bit so you can obviously um mute people yeah you can block yeah. people and i think block is something people don't probably don't use very much but mm. yeah you can literally if you see somebody who's just uh, spouting a lot of rubbish you can block them as in so in the pub analogy just walk away yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay you can also mute people so if you don't want to yeah, you know, hear from them for a short while. You can mute them for, you know, for a day, for a week. If you want a bit of time yeah, away from them, yeah. or permanently. Um, and also, you can mute uh, words yeah. and different hashtags, which see, a lot of people don't know about. But... See, I, I only discovered this about yeah. six months ago. Yeah. Um, and if there's been like, especially when there's been films coming out, like the like Avengers right. films coming yeah. out, and I'm not going to see it for a day or so. Mm. I don't want to see any spoilers, and it's just like I just got. I thought this is this is amazing because yeah. I can then just still carry on using Twitter as I want to. Yes. And I don't have to then kind of be thinking I'm going to get spoiled by something. Avoiding no. spoilers is yeah, a really yeah. good use case for that. Yeah. And because you can you can mute for a day or a week or whatever. Game of Thrones is a heavily muted yeah. thing yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Um, I personally muted Dancing on Ice but okay. for, for different okay. reasons. Yeah. Not because I'm a fan. I just don't really get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Gemma Collins. Uh, <laughs> but you can say so you can mute words, um, and you can. I think that's actually really quite important to. to to do and actually just by that you can you know your twitter won't show up conversations about the things you don't want to hear about or if there's a particular word or, or whatever as well i guess obviously you want you obviously want people to use twitter yeah of course but i guess there's going to be there may be it's going to be that balance between using it and and what i think a lot that the term is real life as well yeah it's having your kind of balance between using twitter and maybe yes. turning off for a while and <laughs> going and seeing the real world as it were oh absolutely and yeah. i think um there's also a difference between Twitter and other social media platforms. Mm. It's actually really important to kind of get across. So w- w- Twitter is obviously a social media, but compared to other social media, it's less about sort of look at me and look at what's going mm. on in my fabulous life and much more about look at this or look at that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really about, um, you know, kind of micro-blogging yeah. the world. Now, a lot of people kind of have that as a misperception. They okay. think, well, I can't go on Twitter because Twitter is just narcissists telling me what I had for breakfast and I don't want to tell the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am in a car. But that's not what Twitter... <laughs> you know, I mean, people do have that yeah, perception. Yeah. Yeah. That really isn't what Twitter is about at all. It's just people coming to 
see and share what's happening in the world. Um, so even if you're not actively comfortable with tweeting yourself, mm. um, it's a brilliant way to follow your interests and follow your passions. Mm. Um, so at the very least, coming to Twitter a couple of times a day to see what's going on in the world, you're using Twitter mm. yeah, just fine. Um, if you then want to you know, join in the conversation, then... Twitter is probably the best place to do that because there's yeah. all the features of, of, of Twitter that make it easier um, to join. And we're trying to make it even easier for people to kind of join in conversations too. And I think that's, I think the way people use Twitter and social media has evolved now, isn't it? Because it yeah. used to be the whole Facebook adage of I'm going to I'm going to status update every single thing right. that I'm doing. Yeah. And I guess you know that's not really the the, 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 gen, the gen, maybe it's my generation or my generation, <laughs> but the gen, people don't really do no, that any as I, much <laughs> no, well i mean people know so i mean on other platforms i think they you know it's fairly obvious what you do on facebook mm. and, and what you do on um you know instagram and what yeah. have you they're they're, they're yeah, very good products but they they kind of have one function one of the challenges with twitter is that there are many many things you could do with yeah. it and so we, and our challenge has been making that easier for people to know exactly how get best to get value out of twitter but the truth is if you follow you don't even have to follow a lot of good accounts but you know if you follow a dozen good accounts you're going to get some really good value mm. out of twitter really quickly just as a just as a consumer someone who consumes tweets um so you know find those accounts and and really you know if you don't find the accounts right for you first time you know try again you, yeah, know, yeah. you know unfollow people follow new people keep it refreshed um, but a lot of the emphasis is actually on us to make it easier for people to see the good stuff that's on Twitter mm. because there's so much good stuff on there. But up until probably two years ago, unless you were on Twitter at exactly the right time mm. and you were following exactly the right person, you might have missed some great content. Mm. So we've done, we don't get into lots of sort of product detail, but we've made lots of changes to the product so that you don't have to do so much of that heavy lifting yourself. Yeah. Uh, so there's a new uh, tab, a second tab along with magnifying glass yeah. called Explore. Yeah. And that's got all the trends and all the moments, all the kind of curated stories yeah. where you can just keep out to say what's going on. Um, and it's much more like a kind of a, a news sort of structure. Mm. Um, and also we, you can now have your timeline in two ways. So you can have a home timeline or you can have the latest tweets timeline. Mm. And latest tweets is just literally reverse chronological order from the top. Yeah. And which is great during like a live match, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was a home timeline, put stuff into your timeline mm. that you, we think you might find interesting yeah. based on it's been liked by a lot of people. Or it might be a tweet from, say, you know, 12 hours ago, but it's had lots of um, mm. people liking it. And people can kind of choose and switch between the two things fairly easily. So these are all things we're learning about making that experience mm. easier for people. Do you have any personal favourite tweets at all? <laughs> for not, mine? Yeah, or... may, may not just no. be from sport <laughs> or in general at all. Oh, wow. Um, God, do you know, that's going to sound... Too... It's throwing you on the spot, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have 20 favourite tweets a day. Okay. You know, I really do. You know, this is the thing. Um, I tend to retweet the ones that I find most yeah. entertaining, most amusing. There was one, I mean, it's probably not my favourite of all time, but certainly a very amusing one. There was a guy who tweeted a photo of his six-month-old daughter mm. and her passport photo. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, this, uh, my daughter's passport photo, she looks like a Chelsea fan who's just been given a three-year banning order <laughs> after an incident away at Stoke. Yeah. Um, and you actually then, what was great about that is that everyone joined in yeah. uh, with obviously their own photos of their own uh, little mini um, 
you know, their kids I mean, looking like, want to looking be. like <laughs> but yeah the, the idea that you know, all these lovely six month old kids look a little bit like uh, football hooligans in their passport photos <laughs> and it was just hilarious it was properly properly joyous on, uh, on your on your channel something I've noticed I've not seen you do it as much recently but can you tell a story about this <laughs> when you're way back there's like a window that seems ah, to change right. every day yes that's right What, what is because I sometimes see it and I, th- and I yes. wonder, I wonder what I thought, the, what, what, where's it all about <laughs> what is that I thought you were going to ask me about blankety blank which I can talk to you about as well <laughs> So the window, basically, yeah, I just, I, you know, the same walk back from the train station every day. There's a house that literally, I noticed, started to change its window. So it had, you know, put different things up every three or four weeks, like they were on some sort of content calendar <laughs> or something. Couldn't quite work it out. Um, so I took a picture one day and tweeted it, you know, look at this. Yeah. Um, and people were like, oh, isn't that great? You know, they sort yeah. of joined in and then... Because you can now add tweets to um, other tweets over time, yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it threading. Um, I then put the next one up, just and then before you know it, you've done three or four, yeah. And then um, it's been going for about three years now. But the rule is, I can never knock on the door. Right. I can never, <laughs> can never know who these people are. So they may never know. No, that I you're don't doing think they do. Every day. I think they do. I think they're, they're Twitter famous with their window display. You might be able to bring out a book of pictures of every single, <laughs> do like yeah. every, 365 pages of yeah, every exactly. single day. But I've noticed they've started to reuse some of the uh, the oh. props. So you'll see something in November that gets reused again in May, but with a different background. You just walk past disappointed. Yeah, I'm not, I've, seen, I've seen this one. Something original. It's amazing how soon you get disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you? Is there any? Can you give us any kind of inkling or indication of what Twitter might hold for the future at all? Is there any yeah. plans under the bonnet at all of what you might be doing? I'm. Yeah, I can give you a, a, a broad overview of where a we're going. Yeah. A tiny little snippet. So we've had success by recognising that Twitter is about. Uh, seeing what's happening in the world Mm. Um, and knowing that there's a lot of great stuff on Twitter and we have to make that easy for people. We think we've got really great strengths in community and in conversation. Mm. So letting people come together to talk about the stuff that matters to them. We still think there's much more we can do to make that discovery of good content better. And I think the idea that we'll... um, we want to be the place where where, where conversation happens mm. around the things that are going on in the world. So I think our focus will be on delivering that more and more. Okay. Um, so that's a combination of, of um, ensuring there's a healthy conversation, uh, thinking about video and what role that plays mm. within that conversation as well. So it's not going to be a massive revolution. Mm. Um, I think we've managed to carve out our space now in the social media world. Mm. Uh, we just need to make sure that people know what that is and, and keep developing that. I think. As long as we get more hashtags with the emoji at the end of them. Happens all the time. Oh, you like that, do you? I you love that. that. Okay, love that. yeah, it's magic, isn't it? I love it when TV shows and <laughs> I get their own yes. version. You think that's the dream right there. Yeah, it get, is, yeah. Get, get your and own hashtag you know with a little picture. People use it more yeah. as a result <laughs> because it's just like, yeah. If people were listening um, and perhaps more of a younger generation yes. to us who would be more used to social media in the outcomes of their lifetimes and they were thinking, I'd love to work for a place like that. Yeah. Um, is there a, a skill set cause it, that, that you would need? Is there a kind of thing that there's more in demand in terms of social media platforms to go work for? Because it kind of seems like a a company, com, you know, social media seems like companies where obviously they're going to have your standard day-to-day jobs that you would expect any company to do. Sure. But if people really wanted to work for those kind of avenues that wasn't your standard 
the nine to five. Yeah. Is there particular things that people would want to get experience in, or that outlets like Twitter would look out for at all? Well, certainly um, coding and mm. engineering. You know, the, the competition for engineers and, and and people who can code well is very very high. So if you if you're in that area, then that's definitely something. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not something I personally know anything about, and I'm in awe of the people <laughs> yeah. the people who do. Um, but alongside that, you know, these um, all social media companies will have you know additional services such as you know, marketing uh sales research yeah. you know, uh, that kind of stuff where uh ultimately you're you're thinking about positioning the product you're thinking about helping it people to to use it more easily you're having meetings with people to help them understand mm. it um and for those skills i think it's it's actually i know it's the problem is though david it's a massive cliche but you're looking for people that um are, are passionate and interested yeah um, who have a real kind of understanding of the product and a mm. real kind of empathy for how people uh, think about it and, and and use it. So they're kind of softer skills, you know, um, and they're probably true of, of many different roles. Um, but the people who work at Twitter genuinely are, I think that you just have to be able to grasp things quickly, um, be the type of person that, that people kind of want to you know, get on with, spend mm. time with, and then... The important thing, I think, and the thing that I think we can sometimes struggle with is being mindful of the world outside of your mm. organization and, and your product because there's so many things you focused on and fixated on within your world that understanding how people use this yeah. product in the real world is really important. And the final question then before we wrap up is what I ask every, every person that comes on these episodes yeah. is how do you see sports media changing the next kind of, decade how it may be reported on how it'd be used. i mean maybe more instrumental with with how it would work with twitter but how, yeah. how do you kind of see it changing i think that we will see sports media as much as possible seeking to kind of replicate the stadium experience as much as possible mm. um i see things now like people create taking videos of themselves at matches and the vlogging and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, another subject. As an old geezer. Yeah. Oh, honestly. See, I, uh, I, I do and don't get that equally. Right, okay. I, I, I get that people do it because I yeah. think it's perhaps, it's all about the views and all the subs, I right. think the kids call it, but I equally don't know why you would just feel yourself watching it. Anyway, it's another uh, subject. Yes. Sorry. Um, I think, so what I mean by replicating that stadium experience, I mean, um, you know, clearly... There's nothing that beats being at a sporting event. Mm. Um, hands down, is the best way to do it. But I think what media is doing and what social media is doing is making it, replicating that as much as possible. Mm. So suddenly you can be in amongst people who are, you know, in amongst the crowd. You can be up to date as quickly as you possibly can. You can perhaps have different views of the action that you wouldn't necessarily uh, yeah, have first time around. So I think it's it's that is probably where the bigger focus is. There's obviously a lot of structural things around the future of yeah, broadcasting rights and all mm. that kind of stuff, um, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, we'll seek to unravel. But I think people are always going to want a place to discuss their passions and discuss what they've seen. And I think that's ultimately what will continue to be the core of Twitter, mm. whether they're doing that in 280 character tweets or in a video conversation or in you know some other format, mm. I think it's up for, you know, up for discussion. But ultimately I think that's the, the service that Twitter offers. As long as we can retweet goals. 
Retweet what, goals. Yeah, as long as we yeah. can see that, or we can see the big goal flashing up. Oh, nothing, nothing like it, is it? It's. Uh, and, uh, I know that was our last question, but just to fin- <laughs> finish, I always found it when I wasn't at a uh, football match. Yeah. Um, the first thing I would go on is Twitter to yeah. get that live, re- and there's that almost constant refreshing of yeah. hoping you're going to see yeah. your team score. And then when you see that moment, it's yeah. on. I, I, I don't know how you have found it, but there's been times where I've been out where. Once I refresh and I see that goal thing flash up for my team, yeah. it almost feels just as an exhilarating yeah. moment then when you're actually in the stadium. Obviously, depending where I am, I'm not going to be jumping <laughs> up and down in joy. No. But it, it, it is that thing that I I like about Twitter so much, is yeah. that it is that kind of giving you that connection to, to an uh, an event that's going on exactly that you right. feel like you're sharing in that experience at the yes, same time. That's right. And and having said earlier that it's not necessarily about speed, when it comes to goals, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can set notifications on tweets yeah. uh, so that, you know, and again, you can take them off temporarily or turn them on temporarily. So during a, a match, if you uh, put notifications on your club's tweets, you'll literally get it sent to you yeah, without yeah, even yeah. having to refresh yourself, yeah. <laughs> which means at least you could pretend to be having a conversation uh, somewhere else. Uh, but no, there's nothing like it, is it? But it's, um, it's like transfers as well. Yeah. And I, As we're recording, it's the end of the January transfer window, yeah. so you're starting to see all the rumours come out. So when you yeah. see a rumour about your team, yeah. you're just like, this is this is an amazing experience. It is. Which is odd, really, given that it's just basically... The Twitter from window is is text and, and right. images. And but also, what I like about it is that you can have it debunked straight away as well. So yes. that window of you know, because when it's just newspaper speculation, yeah, rumours would go around, wouldn't they? You think back to, oh, we're signing this player, whatever. But now someone can immediately, either from the club or yeah. unofficially, go, yeah, there's nothing in this. And but, it, yeah, and, you know, it's sort of okay. It takes the wind out your sails, but I, yeah. I just like <laughs> the fact that you can get to the truth faster. But it almost makes. It almost makes the drama of it, which I think people, yeah. as football fans, like yeah. so much that it is the soap opera that yeah. football becomes. I think we did an episode about commentary, and we talked about how when you're talking about the game, it's almost like a soap opera. that You've got to set the, the scene and all the yeah. nuances and yeah. all the mini storylines that are going on it. And that's when that's you right. see sometimes with Twitter where you see stuff, like especially with transfers, when you know you can get the feeling it's going to happen. Yeah. You start seeing stuff unravel where more yeah. journalists and more people, and it's, it's that whole adage of "I've just seen that player spotted outside yeah. in his car." Yeah, yeah. And it's I just... oh, the amount of transfer-related memes yeah. on on yeah. Twitter, and, and actually, uh, we could do a whole different podcast on on memes <laughs> on Twitter, yeah. uh, football memes. Uh, but yeah, it just adds to the experience, doesn't it? It's very, yeah. yeah, it's it's just a really good, humid place when it when it's at its best. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.